Many things Jesus taught his disciples. Now, if you notice that he had 12, the 12, and the disciples literally means a learner. That's what it means. It means somebody who follows or someone who learns. Jesus had 12 men that he set aside. Sometimes they're called disciples. Sometimes they're called apostles. Apostles is a unique term, which means one sent forth with authority. And it's a little bit different than a disciple. But what did he teach them? He taught a lot of different things. In fact, what did he teach them? First of all, in Matthew, we've already seen the Sermon on the Mount, where he taught them life principles. They're supposed to be life principles of believing, believers living in a fallen world. How do we live as believers in a fallen world. He also, we're going to get to it in Matthew chapters 24 and 25, he actually told them the end time events of what will happen. It won't be long. Eventually, we'll get to Matthew 24 and 25, and we're actually going to see details on the tribulation time period that Jesus gives. He also taught, like in John 15, that he is the vine with the branches, and talking about being fruitful in the wine, uh, supposed to be the vine and the branches in production, and our rewards, faithful service, well done, good and faithful servant. So he's taught a lot of different things. But as he was about to leave, he taught something that we're going to look at Matthew, and of course we know it a lot of places. We call it the Great Commission. In Acts 1.8, he said, you shall be my witnesses, you know, to be his witnesses. But in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we call it the Great Commission, and that's one reason we always go to Matthew 28, because it's there, it's so clear, and the Great Commission was, of course, to make disciples. So here's what we're going to do, and we're going to do it in three weeks. We're going to look at the commission, the distinction between salvation and discipleship, and the cost of discipleship. Now, let me remind you that if, if this is new to you, that, that means you haven't been here very long, okay? Because most of us, we've talked about this a lot of times. Uh, most of you have had the 412. Most of you have had the 2-2. Most of you have understood this distinction. Because if you don't make the distinction, we're going to get to it, I think, in either Lesson 2 or Lesson 3, but I think in Lesson 2, we're going to see what happens if you don't make the distinction between salvation, the salvation message, and the discipleship message. What happens? You have a confused gospel. You have people thinking that you do good works in order to be saved. And so we'll talk about it as we get through it. So the commission, the distinction, and the cost. So let's talk about the commission. What are we supposed to do? Well, go ahead. You're there. Look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is, uh, none of the things I'm teaching this morning are new for us. So some of you could come up here and say, I could come up there and tell them this. Yeah, you could. I, I'm, I hope you could. And, and some of you would say, I know what it is, but I'm not sure I could come up and tell a whole bunch of other people. But then the bottom line is, we should know this. Notice, getting at verse 18, this is toward the end. This is, uh, if you look at verse 16, it says, the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee. That's the northern part of Israel. Jesus died in Jerusalem, which was the southern part, uh, the, down near the, uh, the Dead Sea. Jesus died and rose again in Jerusalem. But now they're in Galilee. This is where Jesus did most of the ministry. Everything we've been looking at in the Gospel of Matthew, almost everything takes place in the northern part of Israel in Galilee. It says, the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus had told them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Some doubted. Jesus came out and spoke, saying, Here's what he said All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go you therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all which I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And there really, when you look at that, there's actually three big things there. There is the authority, the commission, and the comfort. We always talk about the commission. We say, what's the great commission? But in this passage, there's authority, commission, and comfort. And I want you to look at verse 18. Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So the authority is Jesus Christ. He is the authority. When we talk about representing Christ, and people say, we're supposed to go out and share our faith. By the way, we're not the authority. 
We have the word of God, which is authority, and we represent Jesus Christ, who is the authority. We're not the authority. You don't have to take that pressure on yourself. You're not the authority. Jesus is the authority, and the word of God is. And so Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He rules it all, and this is his great commission. The second part is the commission. And it begins saying, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all which I have commanded you. Now that is the commission. And when we think about the commission, it's simply two big parts. If you, if you just say, what is the commission? The bottom line of the commission is to make disciples. In fact, if you read verses 19 and 20, it literally in the Greek says, as you are going, therefore, make disciples of all nations, as you are baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as you are teaching them to observe all which I've commanded. You actually have three participles, as you are, as you are going, as you are baptizing, as you are teaching. It's only one command and that is to make disciples. So when we talk about the commission, the commission is to make disciples, and there's two parts of making disciples. We all know this. This is not new, and so we should be saying, well, I know what's next, evangelism and training. Evangelism is leading people to Christ and then training them and teaching them to do the same thing, to, to, uh, to basically reproduce themselves. At Stillwater Bible, anytime you've heard us, sometimes we have at congregational meetings, sometimes at the start of a semester, I'll bring out and I'll talk about our purpose purpose, our plan, and our process. Our purpose is to make disciples. Our plan is to equip the saints, do the, do the work of the ministry, build of the body of Christ. Our process is gathered and scattered. So if somebody said to you, what is our purpose of our church? It's to make disciples. And so here we are, and we're talking about evangelism and training. There's a reason we do that. Evangelism is the part where you lead people to Christ. You, you tell them about Jesus Christ, and they trust in Christ. And then training is where it says here, teaching them to observe all which I have commanded you. So let's think about it. We have a salvation message. And the message of salvation is when we share the good news message of Jesus Christ. We have a discipleship message, which is actually a Christian life message, which is helping people grow and to serve Jesus Christ. So you see the distinction. We have a message that we tell unbelievers, and that is for them to put their faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life. There is a message we give to believers, and that is to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, to be equipped and, and do those th that things. And so the bottom line is that the Great Commission is leading people to Christ and then training them and equipping them to reproduce themselves. That's the purpose of our church. That's the purpose of you individually. That's the purpose of us corporately. And that goes back to what we call the Great Commission. And if you notice in the Great Commission, there are two things, evangelism and what? Training. They go together. The third part of this whole thing is the comfort. And if you notice that Jesus is always, Jesus is always with us as we go into the world, he says, uh, and lo, I'm, always, I'm, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is always with us as we go into the world. And so the bottom line is that the comfort is Jesus is always with us as we go into the world. That takes us now to our second big question, and that is we need to understand the distinction between salvation and Christian life, between salvation and discipleship. Now, we do. We know it. In fact, if I brought any of you up here individually and I said, can you tell me the difference between our salvation message and our Christian life message, most of us would be able to do that. We would say, well, the whole thing is, is making disciples, and one aspect of making disciples is our salvation message, and one aspect of making disciples is our discipleship message, which is training those kind of things. And so we need to understand that distinction. So let's talk about it for a second. Salvation is what we call justification. That's to be declared right with God. It is by faith in Jesus Christ we 
are justified, we get eternal life. That's what we call eternal life salvation. That's it. It's past tense in the sense, by grace we have been saved through faith. And so every one of us in this room, our salvation message is you have put your faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life, and you have been saved. That's our salvation message. And salvation, uh, uh, our discipleship message is a little bit different. Discipleship message deals with sanctification. Remember, salvation, our salvation message deals with justification. Our discipleship message deals with sanctification, which is the Christian life, and we are growing. We are becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. And by the way, this is present tense. We are where the Philippians 2.12 says, work out your own salvation. You understand that when you see salvation in the Bible, um, a lot of people see every time they see the word salvation, they immediately think eternal life salvation. There are places in the Bible that when it talks about salvation, it's talking about eternal life salvation. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him will not perish but have what? Everlasting life, eternal, that's eternal life salvation. Philippians 2.12 says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's present tense. He's basically live out who you are, live out, this would be the Christian life salvation. That's why we look at that in it's present tense that way. When you look at it, the salvation message or eternal life salvation costs us absolutely nothing. God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave, and whosoever believes. Jesus Christ came to the earth, died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again, and whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. Acts 16, 31, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Salvation is a gift, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It is the gift. Now, one of the things you've got to grasp, and this is what our world does not grasp. Our world does not grasp that salvation is a gift. People talk about it. They talk about the grace of God. They talk about God so loved the world that he gave his son. But when they get right down to the salvation message, it is not clear. Gene and I were listening to something yesterday, and a guy was, uh, it was a, 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 a kind of a message deal. And at the end, the guy said, I want to tell you the salvation message. I want to tell you the gospel message. And it was so confusing that, uh, I mean, it took, he took about 10 to 15 minutes to give the gospel message. And it ended up being, turn away from your sins, give your life to Jesus, make him Lord, make a public profession. That was his message. That's not the salvation message. Salvation message is a grace. Salvation message is a gift. It's not what we do. We take the gift of eternal life, which comes simply by faith. Well, let's talk about discipleship for a second. Discipleship is living for Christ. Discipleship is saying, I want my life to count for Christ, and it costs us our lives. Salvation costs us what? Eternal life salvation costs us what? Absolutely nothing. Discipleship costs us what? Our lives, because we're going to say to God, I want my life to count for you. I think the Romans 12, 1 and 2 is very powerful when it says, I beseech you, brethren. Who's he writing to? Believers, he's writing to the church at Rome. Who is the church at Rome? There are people who are Roman people, people living in Rome who have trusted in Christ. They meet together in a local body. Paul writes to the Christians at Rome, and he says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to do what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, that's works. That's not, this is not the salvation message. This is the Christian life message. This is the message to make a difference for Christ. And so the whole idea to be a disciple is to follow Christ and to live for Christ, to die to self. Now, I want to show you the cost. This is what I, what I love. Look at, look at this in Luke. Luke 14, 27 says, whoever does not carry his own cross, that means die to yourself, and come after me cannot be my what? 
It didn't say can't be my believer. It didn't say can't be my child because whoever received him became, became the right to become what? Children of God. And, and when, you're, when you trust in Christ, you're saved forever. So he doesn't say whoever does not carry your cross and come after me can't be my believer, can't be my child. Can't. He says whoever doesn't take up their cross, which means to die to self, and come after me cannot meet my disciple. I want to clear up something. I read a book the other day, and the guy was talking about taking up your cross, and he said your cross is some burden you have, like maybe you got a bad leg, or, or maybe you grew up in a bad family, or maybe, you, no, a Taking up your cross is not some burden in your life. Taking up your cross is dying to yourself. Because at the time of Jesus Christ, to take up a cross didn't mean you suffer a, a tough life. Taking up a cross means they were going to kill you and put you to death. So for us to take up our cross says we're going to die to ourselves and we're going to live for Jesus Christ. Now let me tell you, every one of us in this room know this, but the hardest thing to do is to do it. I mean, taking the gift of eternal life costs us nothing. We say, man, I'm saved, I'm saved forever. Nothing can change it. But to be a disciple for Jesus Christ, to say, I want my life to count for him, I will go where? Go where? Anywhere. I will go anywhere he wants me to go. I'll do whatever he wants me to do. I want my life to count for him. Take my life, Lord, and use me for your glory. It's very similar to prayer Jabez, Lord, expand my border. I'm expanded. Lord, take my life. Use me to do things even beyond what I could imagine. That's discipleship. And that's dying to yourself. And and it is it's huge. And it is not something uh, that doesn't cost us. It costs us a lot. Uh, I, my story, I trusted Christ when I was 19. It cost me absolutely nothing. I was in a car going to get a hamburger after hearing the Bible study about how Jesus died for me and paid for sin and rose again. If I would be leaving him, I would have eternal life, that it was a gift. It was not my works. It was not me offering something to God like, okay, from now on, God, I'm going to live for you. It was basically taking the gift, and I trusted in Christ when I was 19 years old. I was 25 or 26 years old when I came to the point in my life that I said, I want my life to count for you. Now, that cost me. That cost me. Uh, salvation didn't cost me anything. In fact, boy, I was jumping up and down and saying, man, I, I'm, I've got eternal life and I, nothing can change it. I know I'm going to heaven. When I made the other decision to live for Jesus Christ, that's costing me. I actually said, because I was a coach at that time, and I actually said, Lord, if you don't want me a coach, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Whatever you want, I give you my life. That's what discipleship is, and that's where we are. All of us in this room, you'd say every one of us in this room have taken what? The gift of eternal life simply by faith, right? And it's a gift. But what about living for Christ? What about your life counting for him? What about saying, I want to my life, and I'll go wherever you want me to go, and I'll do whatever you want me to do? Now, that's a big choice because sometimes you say, well, but I've, I've kind of always done this, or I've done this, or, well, I, you, know, I don't, you know, I've got things I want to do. Or I, listen, what we say is, it's you. My life is yours. And that's discipleship. And that's why Jesus said, if you don't take up your cross and die to yourself, you can't be his disciple. Now, you have eternal life, and you're saved and saved forever. But discipleship is where you serve. Discipleship is where you get rewards. Discipleship is when you stand before him, and he says, well done, good, and what? Faithful servant. This is where we are. This is why this is such a, a, a tough thing. So when you think about it, salvation is a gift by faith, and it absolutely costs us nothing. Discipleship is works. It's works where you give your life. It costs us our lives. It comes by faithfulness, and you decide that you want your life to count for Christ. So now, as we, we're, we're going to go get out just a touch early, and when I want you to think about this. There are, two, there are two different messages here, the message of salvation and the message of discipleship. 
And if when if people confuse those messages, let me ask you something. If the message of discipleship is give your what? Give your life to him in service. But if I make that the salvation message, in order to be saved, you've got to be willing to give your life to Christ so you can serve him, right? Now, what's happened there? Suddenly, the salvation message is not a gift. It's what? It's works. I mean, you know, I, we did membership training last, last Sunday, and I think we had 32 people join, 32 adults join, not counting kids. And we're going to, most of them, a lot of them are going to come up at the end of the service this morning. We're going to bring them up there, and we're all going to clap and cheer, and it's all great. And I asked them some questions. I said, let's do this, because we were going through the gospel. And I said, how many of you were taught you need to repent of your sins to be saved? Every hand went up. How many of you are taught you need to give your life to Jesus to be saved? Every hand went up. I said, how many of you are taught you need to make him Lord of your life to be saved? Every hand went up. I said, how many of you are taught that you need to ask Jesus to come into your life somehow? Every hand went up. Okay, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with those messages? They're works, and they're confusing. And so that's why people who, who are Christians, there are a lot of people who believed in Jesus to give them salvation, but they're so confused because they were also taught you need to walk down an aisle, you need to give your life to Jesus, you need to turn away from your sin. And then when they sin in their lives, they go, I th- well, you know, to be saved, I had to do what? Turn away from my sin, but I still sin. Well, I had to make a public profession. Well, it, it never worked out because I was never there on that Sunday that I was supposed to do that. Or something, you know, and who knows? And before you know what you're saying, I, I hope I'm saved because I didn't do all the things they told me I needed to do to be saved. Listen, there's a, there's a, a famous book, and I'm not going to tell you the author. There's a famous book, and it's the, the title. I'm not even going to tell you the exact title, but it says something like how to be born again or how to be saved or how to have life. And at the, the book is like this long. Uh, you'd think it could be, what, one page, couldn't it? Like, I mean, if you really want to get down to it, couldn't you do it in one page? It's a whole book. But at the very end of the book, there are four steps. And the first one is confess every sin you have ever done. That's, that's the very first one. Listen, I can't remember what I did yesterday, more or less back when I was 16, right? Okay? So that was the first one. That was the first step. Second thing was agree to serve him. And these are steps to be saved. Is this works for salvation or is this grace through faith? It's works for salvation. Do you see why this is so vital? And sometimes you say, well, J.B., you've taught us this before. Yeah, I have. And we're going to keep on teaching it for as long as we're alive because it is so confusing in our culture. If we had 32 adults join our church last Sunday and every one of them in their lives had been taught the wrong message for a long time, what does that tell us about the people we're going to be coming in contact with every day? That's just out there. So there's two different messages, the message of salvation. And so next week, we're going to go and we're going to say, let's look at the two different messages. And we're going to see. Jesus taught a message of salvation, and guess what it was? Whoever believes in me will never perish but have what? Eternal life. Jesus also taught a message of discipleship. You know what he said? If you don't take up your cross and die to yourself, you cannot be my disciple. That's two different messages. And I've got people who will say, no, 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 that's the same message. Jesus said, you must believe in him and take up your cross and die to yourself or you're not saved. They've confused the messages, right? So we're going to see that next time that there is a confusion in the message. We're going to see Paul's message. We're going to see Peter's message. We're going to see John's message. We're going to see that they all gave a salvation message and they all gave a discipleship message. 
They're two messages. So as we think about this, let's understand this Great Commission. We already know it. It's, it's to make disciples, and there's two areas, evangelism and training. Evangelism is proclaiming the good news message, and, of course, training is equipping the believers to grow. That's what, that's what we're supposed to do. And uh, let, let me throw this other uh, point out. We always say this at membership training as well. I say, how many of you are taught that you're to share your faith? How many of you in this room are taught that you're to share your faith? Everybody, everybody says, yeah, we're all... But how many of you are taught and think that you're supposed to disciple and teach other people? Most, a lot of us now would say, well, I know I'm supposed to, but most people aren't ever taught that. And they think that's to a select few who are to make disciples. Who are to make disciples? Every one of us in this room. That's, that's so we've got a great commission, evangelism and training. Evangelism is to proclaim the good news, and the training is to equip the believers. And let's, the second thing, let's understand the distinction between salvation and discipleship. Salvation is a gift that costs us nothing by faith alone in Christ alone for eternal life. By the way, that's a rare message. It's not rare in the Bible. It's all over the Bible, but it's a rare message. You will find very few people who say salvation is by faith alone in Christ. Very few people. They'll say, well, yeah, yeah, salvation is, is Jesus. You know, you, you give him your life and you, you, you know, come under his authority or you turn away from, you know, you come and admit you're a sinner and you need the Savior and you turn away from your sins and you repent of this and you come to Je-. That's what they say. That's not the message. The message is that Jesus gives you a gift the gift of eternal life by faith. The second thing is that discipleship costs us our lives to die to self and to serve God. So much stuff.